Hi everyone, I'm Caleb with Team Rock and Cushions, and this is episode four of Rock and Talk. The guest for today is Nick Casey. Nick is a gifted shoe designer, the creator and executive producer of Equality Fashion Week, and the founder and president of Nick Casey Footwear. Michelle Vanderwater and Allison Shaw sit down with Nick to talk about all of this and more. Hope you enjoy. I didn't really move. Play the music. Play the music. We're live. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I have a very, very special guest. With me, I have Nick Katie of Nick Katie Footwear. And, and also Alley Cat. Alley Cat in the hizzle! <laughs> Alley Cat is normally behind the scenes, just so you know. But she has joined us tonight. Um, because Nick and her have been friends for a long time. And so That's right. it's we'll a bit of a that. reunion. Yeah. Which is great. And we are playing. Who's who's playing right now? It's Dua Lipa. It's Dua Lipa. One of my Don't favorite songs. I hope you like it too. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's get into this. Let's get into it. All so right. I'm so excited to have Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming, Nick. Okay. So Nick is the creator of these the first, I think, the first brand that is genuinely unisex footwear. And just tell us a little bit about how you got started and where did you get the idea for this? Sure. So, um, I actually don't even use unisex because that makes it like there's only one sex to me. Oh, okay. Versus I believe in like the spectrum of gender. Mm -hmm. And so for me, because I'm trans and gender non-conforming, I wanted to create something that was going to encompass everybody in that spectrum. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a very good point to make. I'm going to be asking a lot of stupid questions tonight. No, just because I will it, too. Because just because I feel like I feel like I represent most people who maybe don't know the shades of the spectrum and you know a lot of the things that you're going to be talking about tonight. So, um, so hopefully this will be very educational for everybody. But um, I was reading your bio, and you said that you came up with this idea because you were having a hard time finding shoes that you wanted to wear. Um, based on you know who you are or who you wanted to be right so yeah t tell us a little bit about that so ever since I was a kid um, I've always had a really hard time finding shoes because I would like see guys on the street can, mm -hmm. can we see you you want to scoot over you need to come <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. we have to we have to get a little curve. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so yeah I would see guys on the street and I, I remember because as a kid I knew that I was born in the wrong body I would see men's shoes and know that that's what I wanted to wear. Mm -hmm. But when I would go to the store, I would always be told to I was in the wrong section. I need to go to the women's section. And at points in my life, I felt like it was it became kind of very, very embarrassing and very humiliating because I was like, this is how I present and this is how I identify. Why was I told constantly I was in the wrong place, right? Right. And it was purely probably based on size, would you say? Yes, but also like... You know the whole concept of like the women's section versus the men's section mm -hmm. when to me it was always like this is a product this is a thing mm -hmm. that has no gender why does it why does it need to have a gender right, right. like how why are you dictating what i should wear mm -hmm. right so so for me you know finally um i just decided that if you know if no one else was going to do it then 
point at me. I I concur on this because I also kind of, you know, cross the line between, you know, I wear more men, I think I wear more men's shoes um, than I do women's shoes because I'm more comfortable in them. I'm not, I do own some heels. Uh, and they're miserable. I want to see you in the- <laughs> yeah. People have. People have. I've, put, I've known, been known to put on a dress or two mm-hmm. late in the last few years. But, um, yeah, I, I do have some very, very, you know, some boots. Some, uh, I forgot what they call those shoes with the boots that are women's. But I do have some heels, too, and it's miserable for me. I mean, I'll, I will admit I'm not the fan of the heels. But what I do like is men's boots and men's shoes. And, and, um, and, I, and I have men's boots, but they're so big, they're never – in my size, I'm a nine, so I'm you know probably a little bit bigger than most a lot of women. You yeah, know. yeah, and, you're bigger than my feet. Like when I would go, it would always be just one size too small, and it just really pissed me off because even as you know, we evolved and companies started to produce gender neutral designs, mm-hmm. and they would say like, oh, we have the women's version. I would be really excited, like, okay, fine, like at least it's in my size but then the moment i would put it on i would look down at my feet and be like what happened to my feet like why do my feet all of a sudden look like three sizes smaller right and it's because it's like an optical illusion the way that shoes are gendered so like even though they said it's the same design they they cut the proportion differently so that optically it makes your feet look smaller because women are Conditioned to think they need to have. Oh, that is feet. so interesting. Yeah. interesting. I had yeah. no idea mm-hmm. about that because this shoe here, for, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. instance, mm-hmm. this looks very small to me. It is. It's and, a thirty-four. Oh, okay. So it mm-hmm. is very small. Yeah. I'm not being. <laughs> yeah. No, so this is literally a, a thirty-four. But what makes my brand so unique is that no matter what size this is, the proportion is always the same in terms of the design. Right. So okay. So no matter what size you are, mm-hmm. you're gonna get that same look. Can you explain to us, and, 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 and again, um, Nick's right, like totally like going into when I go in, every time I buy boots and I love them, I have to find, I have to find those little, um, si- those little things to put in the, the, um, shoe horns, not shoe horns, the things that you put in that, uh, insoles, insoles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the ash. <laughs> it's apocalyptic out there. Yeah. Anyway, the insoles to put in every single time because yeah. y- you know they're always ju- they always just are like an inch or so bigger even right. though you know even though I'm a nine for some reason it never seems to fit and I always have to put insoles in yeah. yeah so for me finding a shoe that fits better that I don't have to constantly do that mm-hmm. you know because even then I mean yeah it's a I, I feel like very much just have to say this is very much I feel like a branding issue because there's definitely brands like two brands that I only buy because the sole, the insole of their shoes fit my, I'm very flat feet, so mm. they fit my feet perfectly. Um, so I feel like that would be more of a, a technical issue mm. when it comes to making the shoes rather than it being an aesthetic thing. Yeah, both. Both of those are accurate. Um, you know, so when I set out to design my first collection, it was really about like, what are all the shoes I've ever wanted to wear? Mm-hmm. What was wrong with all of the shoes I wanted to wear but couldn't? You know, one of the things as a trans man is like, you wear, you buy men's shoes, even if it's the wrong size, right? Like for me, I was a women's seven and a half. So the smallest men's shoe usually is like a six, right? Or a seven. Mm-hmm. And you're lucky if you get a six. And so even when I got a six, it, like you said, it'd be a little bit too big. So I would always have to put insoles in and what happens is that it's really unhealthy for you to put an you know unusual amount of insoles just to make your feet fit. 
versus like putting insoles because you want the comfort, right? Right. So it, it, it definitely caused, I think, problems with my feet and my posture, my mm-hmm. walk. And one of my most proudest moments was that like when I started to sell my shoes and people started to wear them, a lot of the feedback I got was like people were like, you know, for the first time I put your shoes on and I felt like myself they fit me perfectly or like that I could walk taller you know like there's just so many things that both physically and psychologically that Mm -hmm. really impacts people when you start developing something that is inclusive of them and and, right you know thoughtful mindful of them so tell me about the developmental process because I would imagine designing shoes is like I mean, it's kind of like designing a bra in a way. It's like everybody <laughs> right. has different... Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you've been all over the world. So yes. obviously you've seen all kinds of shoe designs all over the world. Mm-hmm. What, what? How do you design your shoes? What kind of looks inspired you? Was there any particular place that you were in the world that really mm-hmm. spoke to you in, in, in terms of design and functionality? Yeah, so um, I think just innately as the person that I am, I don't know if it's like an Asian, queer, masculine thing that energy mm-hmm. is that everything that I like or design or that I, I want is always not only aesthetically pleasing but also utilitarian and so the way I design is very much that way you know including mm-hmm. my accessories to my shoes uh, when I first started um, shoes is probably I think one of the hardest things to design in terms of fashion yeah definitely so did you go to school to learn no shoes so you know I mean I rely I, heavily on the like a manufacturer to help you know <laughs> I feel like that that saying like fake it till you make it type of thing I mm-hmm. felt like that's what I was doing when I first started traveling to all these international shoe fairs and predominantly I was focused in Europe because to me that's where the best shoes were made mm-hmm um, and so I went and I learned a lot and, and I really asked people, all the different manufacturers from all over the world who are at these shoe fairs, like, why don't you make gender neutral shoes? But they, don't, they didn't understand that concept. They were mm-hmm. very much like, well, it's either women or men. So then I was like, well, why don't you design mm-hmm. men's shoes for women? You know, And that was the only way they could understand it. And it was always so much about this like patriarchal standpoint. Well, I was going to say, because, you know, shoemaking or being a cobbler is such a, has such a long tradition, in, right. especially in Europe. I mean, right. that's where it, Italy is where, like, you know, they make all the shoes. You use the word cobbler, I just picture somebody in some cute little village town with the cobblestones <laughs> out there, <laughs> with their wood Yeah, well, stuff. they still do that. Yeah. They still do that, you know, so, so it has a long-standing tradition, which is very yes. difficult to break. Yes. Um, and I, I would say that for every leather product out there, mm. it's so traditional. And it's very so. patriarchal. Yeah, very patriarchal. Mm-hmm. So I have a, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the movie Kinky Boots? Yes, I did. Okay, <laughs> yeah. because that is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I just wanted to know, like, how did that, you know, that was like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But when you watched that movie, was that something that sparked, something sparked in you? I actually watched it after I started this. Oh, really? Because That's everyone so started telling me that. I reminded them of the movie. Yeah. So I was like, I really should watch it. So I did, and and it was a, a you know amazing uh, story, and there are definitely so many moments that I really understood and empathized with, mm-hmm. um, and other aspects that really were very inspirational. Like, hey, like I can't give up. I have to keep going. Yeah. Because it is a very hard industry. And what I love about that movie, and like you were saying, it, it's really trying to open people's minds about yeah. rethinking. Um, a traditional product like right. this. I mean, it really takes a lot of work to to get people to think 
um, unilaterally in a way. Right. You know? Yeah, and and I can't tell you how many times that I've spoken to you know craftspeople who have been like third generation in this industry who would insist on on telling me that like this is not how you make a shoe mm -hmm. and i just had to really i think as a trans person learn to find my voice because walking into this industry one i was asian so i was already shunned you know because right. they're very anti-china because unfortunately there's a lot of imitation mm -hmm. um and then secondly was that i didn't fit this any kind of mold to them and like they you know, were either transphobic or like, I mean, there was one instance where I walked into a factory and the entire factory went silent. And I was kind of like, you know, and then I started seeing people whispering. Mm -hmm. And it really like made me feel so uncomfortable. And I asked my agent after we left, I was like, what was that about, you know? Maybe they thought you were coming to buy the place. No, I no, I wish that was the case. <laughs> like, but oh was, my god, China's buying the Yeah, <laughs> no, I wish that was the case, but you know, it ended up being because they were like trying to figure out if I was a guy or a girl. Oh. Really? Yeah. And and I thought that was mm -hmm. like so interesting because even though they, there was a parts of them that like respected the fact, maybe it was respected me more because I was masculine, mm -hmm. but then also like talked over me constantly because I wasn't a guy. Like, you know, so there was this mm. weird, like, misogynistic kind of, like, experience that I, I kept confronting in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I had to really learn to be very adamant and strong and be like, I'm determined, like, I'm the client. Right. It's my design. Mm -hmm. Prove me wrong. You know, if you don't just not be willing to do it because you don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Just do it and prove me that you're right. Right. And, and luckily... I brought one of the last. This is the first last yeah, I, I ever made. I was going to say, yes. you literally broke the mold. Yes. <laughs> I made a new one. Yeah. So every last, generally in the shoe industry, is besides children's, uh, is separated between men's last and women's last. And so there's proportionate differences and, you know, so on and so forth, in addition to, like, the uppers, which is, you know, the part of the shoe that's mm -hmm. on the, up, the upper part, <laughs> um, that's proportionately different. But what I did was I basically redesign the mold so that it was not a man's version or a woman's version anymore. And so they very much, like the master last maker was like, no, I, this is not how you do it. And I had to really convince him like, I know just because it's never been done doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. And so he finally agreed to do it. And the first time that, you know, we did the big reveal, I show up at the factory and you know, this guy is like well known as a last maker in this town. So I was like, I really respect your opinion. So I really appreciate that, you know, you, you gave this a chance. And, you know, what do you think? <laughs> and there's like a circle of people. The whole factory like showed up to watch this. Mm -hmm. And I think like part of me felt like they're just waiting to prove me wrong, you know. But then like, you know, he looked at me and he smiled and he was like, it's good. <laughs> so, so let me ask you a question with this how did you learn how to do this um i think instincts really you yeah. taught yourself yeah i mean basically it's just like as a consumer we are the most informed right we as shoe wearers know mm -hmm. what our problems are yeah so based on that i just kind of use my logical deductive reasoning and said what if we try this and what if we try that and mm -hmm. just kept doing it until i perfected it like i've I remember my, my first like two prototypes, I think I went through like nine prototypes. 
And my first two, I was walking throughout Europe all over like cobblestone streets for hours and hours for weeks, bleeding because like it wasn't the quite right design or the quite like the right leather or insole. Like everything had to be tested and tried until I was like, okay, I am so comfortable now and now I'm ready to start, you know? Yeah. So what was it like when you first put on your first pair? The most incredible feeling ever, ever, ever. Um, it was like, and I'm assuming the pair was made for you, yes. like specifically. Yes, yeah. I, I was my first model. First <laughs> <laughs> model. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I had to make it in my own size, um, which is a 38, because I was the one that's going to be testing all over the place with it, and and so it was awesome because when I went into this and used all my own money to do this. I was like, you know, if I fail, if nothing else, I'm not failing because I have a whole new wardrobe of shoes, you know, mm -hmm. so it was, it was totally worth mm -hmm. it. And what do your sizes run? So I uh, believe I'm probably the only uh, shoe brand that carries such a large array of, I have 14 sizes because uh -huh. they range, they're gender neutral uh, mm -hmm. or gender free. So they, they have to have the entire range, which is a 34 to 47. And what is a 34 for people that may not be able to figure out that numbers in yes. my head? <laughs> so a 34, US. like, basically in the U.S. would be like a women's, um, like, one, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. Oh, wait. Sometimes I forget. No, because 38 yes. is a seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's a four. It's a four. It's got to be a four. It's a four. Yeah, it's a four. It's a men's See, that's one. how long it takes us to figure yeah. it out. Yeah, it's. I think it's a men's one. I know it starts one one of them. So it's a men's one and a women's one. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, and then it goes up to 47, which is a men's 14. I think I'm a 42. Something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it goes up to men's seven. 14, yeah. 14. So it's 14 Those sizes. Some big feet. Yeah, exactly. Um, I won't um, go on with the joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just want to talk about, so when yeah. did you decide to do these amazing, gorgeous high tops, which I just want to say that they look fantastic, but they smell oh, amazing. New, I love new shoe it's smell. It's all genuine leather. You can yeah. smell it. Yeah. And I'm assuming this is horse hair. Uh, yes. That's been um, dyed zebra. Yes. And I mean, what was your inspiration for this? Because uh, I think this is a very beautiful shoe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love dress boots. And so I was not thinking that I was going to do sneakers at first. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, last year I really thought about it and, and I thought, you know what? I don't want to be not inclusive in that way because the entire brand is about being inclusive. So even though I don't always wear sneakers, I should design them anyway and mm -hmm. so i think it actually inspired me to think well if i could wear any sneaker what would it look like and that's what i came up with yeah it's yeah. awesome <laughs> and just to point out your logo here what does your logo mean it's equality it's an equality symbol equality the two yeah yeah and it's you know it's a symbol that's on everything that i designed because the whole brand it should is be about... on everything period exactly right. yeah it's about gender equality and equality in general uh and it's about equity so the whole concept is why do women always pay more for lower quality and men buy things that are less expensive but more durable mm -hmm. and so for me creating a gender-free brand meant that you know if joe buys the same pair of boots or sneakers as jane they're paying the same amount of money and maybe joe will be inspired to think hey why isn't jane making the same amount as i am right you know? seriously so. 
And speaking of equality, yes. I heard that you were the founder yes. of LA's Equality Fashion Week. Yes. First LA Equality Fashion Week. Yes. So yeah. how did you come up with this idea? Is this a collaborative effort or was it something that you did on your own? I, I started off on my own uh, because as a designer, the first few years that I came out as a brand, I got invited to you know a lot of different fashion shows for queer brands. And what I realized was that for queer fashion shows, you know, some we range from Dapper Q's fashion show, which is like super uber amazing mm-hmm. um, in terms of production quality and is sponsored and you know so forth, and it's beautiful at the Brooklyn Museum. Um, kudos to Anita from Dapper Q for for throwing such an inspirational event. To like other queer um, fashion shows that were, you know lower budget and lower production value and you know harder to find spaces for mm-hmm. and and I think that as a brand as a queer designer brand well it didn't seem fair that like all these mainstream fashion shows were gorgeous and so beautiful and stunning and able to help these brands whereas we one can't afford to be a part of those and then two models at uh, our fashion shows normally don't get paid so Mm. we are always kind of conditioned to do trade or like to do free work as queer people because we don't ever have enough money right and and to me is like well we can't have equity if we don't pay each other exactly um so and also like how was there not a queer fashion show or queer fashion week in la of all places do they have a do they do queer fashion during new york fashion week well dapper q dapper q right right so so you know in london had one um so it was just kind of like i was tired of not being able to be a part of higher valued shows and events and secondly was i really wanted to create not only just like a big party but also we have like three days of pop-ups so that these brands can actually sell their stuff and make money from it yeah and i paid all the models and all the performers you know and, and really like lifting our community in in an economical way and it's so important but what puzzles me is that i don't know why more brands haven't jumped on this because i know like the makeup brands have really been pro trans and like with the models that they use are very like you know gender neutral right and it just you know this is fashion this is like this should be the birthplace of of a lot of things that people in the community are doing so Mm -hmm. it's just it's really mind-boggling that it it sort of had so so much success in one area Mm Um, in, of beauty and hasn't really kind of filtered down. Yeah, and the truth is that, you know, queer people have been at the forefront of new designs and new fashion and yeah. new trends for like all of time. <laughs> but do you think it's because, I mean, when I think of, you know, a queer fashion show, I always think of like RuPaul's Drag Race. Right, you know what I mean? Is, I always yeah. <laughs> feel like it's always about the queens right. kind of putting on a drag show and being so over the top and so right. out there that it's not, it doesn't have any appeal to like yeah, regular people. Yeah, but if you look at, if you look at the, the social media platforms today, you look at TikTok and you look at YouTube and all these things, all, some of their biggest people on there are queer identified people doing makeup and clothes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You see mm-hmm. all these these um, these uh, these people out there. Uh, what's his name? James Charles. Is that his name? James Charles. Am I getting that wrong? I don't know. I I think uh, who who is a gay man who's who's made a huge. He's very young too, like nineteen mm-hmm. or twenty. I think his name. I, I mean, I think that's it. But um, 
and he's made a huge living off of uh, makeup yeah. and stuff. I even he even has a billboard now here in LA mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, and then you see other uh, there's a, a, a ton of other people like and and singers like Shay Diamond and all these other people that are out there really pushing you know uh, for equality and, and being seen you know like it, it, you know like for gay and queer people you know to to be seen as viable business mm-hmm. yeah. you know and and, so, and some of these people are really really getting out there with with what they are doing and I think that's why it's so important to have a fashion week I'm surprised you know because I mean in LA it just seems so interesting I mean there's a lot of things missing when it okay there's a lot of things missing when it comes to I'm sorry you're off you can't oh see I'm so you. sorry <laughs> I'm like, Gosh, I thought she was like move along I'm move like, along like, come closer because we can't see I was like you. we're not on a time thing <laughs> sorry sorry anyway <laughs> so um with um with that being said I think you know because in a lot of equalities I mean if you look at it even from a standpoint of bars that are around there's more for men there's mm-hmm. not even a woman Mm-hmm. a women's uh, gay bar here in town a lesbian bar at all and there's a night really? I, I, think I mean I think there's a lesbian that? owned bar but it's mostly men what is that which one is that um like wasn't east west or something east what west is it called now? In i never remember the pump. it used to be the there's a the lesbian Abby. bar here well it's and a lesbian owned bar we're getting way off track yeah, yeah. <laughs> well here here's the, the fact is that you know trans folks and gender non-conforming people and people of color are always at the bottom of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And so what my event does is it lifts all of those people at the bottom to the top first. Mm-hmm. So my priority is always like people of color, trans, non-binary. Those are the predominant people who are part of my event. They get first priority and then we go from there. And it's very inclusive, but you know, I'm always like, if I'm going to pay someone, I'm going to pay absolutely, yeah. and that, and, and that you should. Great. I mean, we've spent. I mean, if you if you think about it, this year has been spending. We I've even marched and stuff for for trans rights and and stuff like that because I want to be an ally as well. Right. You know, just like we both did the Black Lives Matter movement. Right. I must mm-hmm. there's so many. So right. I mean, like I think it's really important. Um, the you know to be recognized and equal. And I think that what you're doing and bringing these people out, bringing everybody out in the, in, as designers and, and showcasing them in this platform is amazing. Mm-hmm. How do you find the designers and, and the people that you, that you use in your... Well, in the beginning it was because through just my journey as a designer, you get to meet all the other queer designers. It's like a very small little world so that yeah. you travel throughout everywhere together. Um, and you kind of like grow up together, you know, in, in this industry. Um, and we were kind of most many of us were in the forefront of this whole movement you know of queer designers right that started our own businesses and brands but now it's gone it's grown you know in our this would have been our third year this year but just in our second year last year we tripled in size wow yeah like we went from the first year being like 200 something people to over 750 that's amazing. And I do think it, it's just going to be a matter of time that people get used to the idea of right. having this kind of celebration, really, right. because it's just never been seen before. And people are too right. afraid to, to yeah. put it out there. Yeah, my goal is the eventually I want to be able to bring this show to, or bring this, not even show, but like this week to different cities who are lacking in yeah, this. You know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to talk bring about it to the, Bring it to the red states. <laughs> I know, I want to. <laughs> I just want to talk about your other product. Yeah, let's talk about your other product. I am wearing. What? Okay, so what do you call this? What? This is my my modular, gender-free utility holster. Okay. And why is it 
modular is because you can take it apart and form different designs out of it. So you can wear it as okay, a double so, holster. Yeah. Okay, Hold on. so I have yes. it as a, I have it as a, I'm just going to turn it around. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to turn it around here. Okay. Okay, I, can you see everybody? Yes, there. There you go. Okay. Yeah. This is my double holster look. Yes. So that's the double wallet. So it has wallets on each side. Okay. I can do Allie's wearing the single one, so it only has one wallet on one side. Can you sit? Come in closer. Yeah. There we go. You can just sit on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So and what's great, like you, you have the double, but you can also take one off, so that you only want to wear one. You right. can do that. You can take both off and just wear it as a harness. Um, and it's fully adjustable to any body type which is something that is lacking in this industry of harnesses. And I love your one because you have your gla glasses yes. hanging off here. Because I, I otherwise would lose them. <laughs> and this is a great way to keep my glasses safe. I have my hand sanitizer. Hold on. on. Oh, look at this. This is yeah. so awesome. You're like... Um, What's expected gadget here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, it's very, very utilitarian. Um, you know, I have a little hidden pockets everywhere so you can... Hide stuff. Yeah, uh -huh. I would probably wear it like this. Yeah, um, <laughs> nice. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to, you know, um, there's so many ways, and it's very yes. comfy, and it smells delicious. It yes. smells awesome. Yes. It I mean, we real. look like this okay. is like a fetish now. The <laughs> leather, leather fetish. We are getting to kill two birds with one stone here. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to talk shop about you about mm -hmm. leather because mm -hmm. you know most people don't know that the leather these days that is manufactured in China isn't actually full grain leather. Right. It is basically a synthetic composite mm -hmm. that has a very thin layer of leather-like material on top. Right. And you'll notice because if you buy a leather couch and it starts to crack and mm -hmm. peel and then there's fabric that you can see coming out of mm -hmm. it, that is not a genuine leather couch. That is, what do you call that stuff? Um, it's like a imitation leather, Vinyl. basically. <laughs> yeah, Looks like leather. Plethora. Plethora. Yeah. Pleather. 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 Yeah. Not pleather. It's a plethora of pleather. It's like <laughs> a plethora of pleather. It's like, it looks like leather, smells like leather, yeah. does not wear like leather. And it's also incredibly bad for the environment. Incredibly it, bad. it's all man-made. Yes. Yeah. So this, I can tell, is full grain leather and it smells amazing. And this is, a, it needs to pass the smell test. So yes. Very good. And it's I'm also got this, this very um, oh lovely... Coating on it. Finish, yeah. yeah, what what do you call this finish? Uh I mean I don't have a name for this finish. It's just different types of leather you, you have. Yeah, finished, and you got the cool brand. And this over one, here. for instance, this yes. one is shiny, but this one is matte. Right, exactly. Yeah. So this was meant and to be more of a casual look. You can't really see the well, there's the brand there. Yeah. You can see a yeah, little yeah, bit we can more. See the brand here. Yeah. But we are gonna um you can uh, you can buy all the stuff on the website. Yeah, nickcasey.com. Nickcasey.com, <laughs> but um yeah, we're gonna put those links in in the description. Yeah. And so, Instagram and all the yeah, social. Yeah, <laughs> everything else. Yes. So what else do you want to talk about? Is this uh, well, whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, okay. How are we doing for time? We're doing, I think we're doing good. It's a half an hour. So tell me something. Um, how has, being trans, how has, uh, when you and when you first, um, you know, we're, I'm going to get back <laughs> in here <laughs> because this is a really important part. Is when you first realized it, and how was it? How was that that path for you? And how? And also, if you could speak about maybe how the support was from your family and friends while you were going, what you were hmm. discovering yeah. who you who sure. You were. Sure. Well, um, I always joke that like I've come out so many times <laughs> because <laughs> you know I knew I was born in the wrong body since I was like four, right? Like I've known that all my life, but. 
I never vocally like said anything because I had no guidance. Like there was mm-hmm. nobody else like me growing up that I could look towards and be like, oh, you know, ask any questions. Um, and of course, you know, growing up around a lot of transphobia and homophobia, not just family, but like everywhere, right? Because I was a 70s baby. And so in the 80s, not only was I an immigrant, I moved here uh, to New York and I didn't speak the language. So I had to learn the language and also figure out like who I am, you know, with this body and how can I, you know, navigate through this world in Mm -hmm. a way that felt authentic. And I think a lot of my life I felt I realize in hindsight I wasn't authentic because I well, you were trying to fit in. Exactly, yeah, you know. yeah. So I mean, you know, in in college was when I came out as a lesbian or gay, and and I spent so many years trying to fit into that community. And I'm very grateful because I was welcomed, and I still, you know, I'm, I'm part of that community. <laughs> yeah. But lesbian love. You know, about a decade and a, yeah, about a decade and a half ago. I really started to be like, you know, I don't want to be called my birth, more, my dead name now. Um, I want to be called Nick. And then my friends were very supportive of that. And throughout all of my coming outs, you know, I feel like I've always been so blessed because not many trans people can say that they're that lucky, you know, and I've never been rejected. I've always been uh, accepted. My mom, you know, she was like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you know. I'm. You know, even when I had top surgery uh, seven, eight years ago, first thing out of her mouth was like, are you sure? And I'm like, I, I've been sure my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew, I've always known I wanted this. I just never did it because I didn't, one, it wasn't accessible. And two, I didn't know anyone else who did it, so I was afraid. But now, like, I knew more and more people who had done it, and, and I felt like I finally had role models and people to talk to and felt empowered to finally be my true self so I, I am very blessed which is why I make a point to be very visible and very loud and proud about it because mm-hmm. I know there's going to be a lot of other people out there especially youth you know trans youth out there who don't have role models and I would love to be that for them mm-hmm. yeah. that's wonderful um, yeah um, I think that that's a really important you know point to all of this is like you know how this how this path led to this path you know and i think that that you know the the walk that comes in between you know for in all that in all that that's my tagline walk your way is it really Mm -hmm. hey i just came up with that (laughs) that's awesome so tell us um let's ask a couple fun questions then how how about we move this into a fun thing um is there anything else before we do that that you want to say we know that everything's at nickkc.com n-i-k-k-a-c-y.com you know with the pandemic i know i i've been struggling so i know a lot of other people who are entrepreneurs or just you know regular jobby job people who also are are struggling Uh, so i have a, a discount with the code in this together because I've always been about supporting the community and, and that is not only limited to, to the LGBTQ community it's really about everyone that's awesome so the code is in this together at nickcasey.com it's so generous of you well I mean we're all trying to make it right yeah absolutely and it's definitely I mean these shoes are absolutely gorgeous I can just Thank keep you. smelling them all day I know I'm just gonna yeah. just 
Are, no. you, are you wearing shoes? I, yeah, I, I, I can't yeah, I was going to ask if you wear shoes. Mm. You got I love the red laces. I do that too. That's awesome. So let me explain actually about the red laces. Oh, you've got toggles on there. Yeah. So the, the red laces, I, I want to talk about this because a lot of people ask. The red laces traditionally have been used by KKK and Nazis, right? right? And so for me, everything that I do is about reclaiming and empowering mm-hmm. ourselves to change the narrative. And so these boots are called the combat hate boots. And so, you know, it's very much about actually those. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Those are the combat. The ones I'm wearing, yeah, are, yeah, are these. Right. Yeah, the combat hate boots because that's what I feel like is the most important war that we're in is that we have to combat hate. Right. And I want to do that through love and inclusivity mm-hmm. and community. So that's why you know the red is something that's very powerful, uh, not only in my culture but also I think for for all of us too. That's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. you have red stitching on, yeah. on this boot here too. Mm-hmm. You, can't really see, but you know, awesome. I want to go back and ask about the designs. Are these how many designs do you have? Do you have? A, I mean, I I think yeah, you, you also have the flat that. shoes and stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. I have derbies. So, and... so it's not just these designs. If you guys are looking, there's a ton yeah. of designs on Nick's uh, yeah. on Nick's website. The first collection was more masculine presenting because those were the shoes I wanted to wear. Mm-hmm. The second collection was the gender neutral collection because, like, literally. You look at this and you don't you cannot say like this is a man's boot or a woman's boot right like it just is it could be anyone mm-hmm. and these were inspired by george michael from the faith music video because he had those amazing cowboy boots yes and so you remember that video yeah and 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 i love alan rivers is bot yeah <laughs> i mean george michael has always been a huge inspiration for me and and so his style in general was something that was very much the aesthetic that I love mm-hmm. just like there's this feminine power about him, but also very masculine, you know. Yeah. And these, I think he turned a lot of people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that leather jacket, yeah. those boots, and those, those Levi's, yeah. Levi's yeah. hugging all the right places. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So you know when you were talking about in the, in all the in this we're all in all this together. What was it? In, in, yeah, we're y'all together. Um, yeah. and it's kind of it kind of is 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 a. A slogan for this year because we are all yes. collectively going through the it pandemic together. together. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's the one thing ever in this lifetime that has connected all this. That's something that the entire planet, I think, except Antarctica, I don't think they had any cases, <laughs> uh, is going through. Yeah. And so, with that, if you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? Mm. Wow, that's hard. Um, if I could change one thing, is I wish we could like the the feeling of hate could disappear like it just doesn't even exist you know like Mm -hmm. if it's just like if you just can love everybody exactly for who they are that's what i would love the world to be i wish everybody shared your sentiment yeah yeah i'd be talking to one person in particular (laughs) (laughs) that's that's yeah that's something that we all need to aspire to be yeah if we can all have the self-awareness to consciously put that into practice every day that would make a big difference i think a lot of the times we're just not conscious of of how we feel about somebody or what we think of them or that we're putting them in in boxes um so i feel like if we can all make more of an effort to be more self-aware that would really help yeah and that includes yourself too loving yourself yeah Mm -hmm. 
Well, I love you. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. Wait, I'm not done. I got two more questions. <laughs> really? Wait, hold on. Okay, wait. People are yeah. also asking questions. So. Uh, oh, people are asking questions? Oh, hold on. Uh-huh. If you could be a superhero, uh. what would your superpower be? Mm. We have to ask that one. It's our staple question. Mm. Um. <laughs> I've never asked that before. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've never asked that Sorry. It's your new staple question. It's, it should be my question. I it's on every question. Wait, I want to know, first of all, if you could change one thing, what would it be? And what would yours be? It's not if fair, I so could, I'm Oh, if I could change one yeah. thing? Yeah. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I mean, you know, I just want to say something about the pandemic. It's been a terrible thing, but at the same time, it has brought us all together. Yeah. And I feel like it's really humbled people. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like that was something that the world needed. You know, we yeah. all needed to be brought to our knees in some way to appreciate our family, appreciate our loved ones, mm-hmm. appreciate the small things in life that we've just been kind of taking for granted and sort of speeding through. So I, I'm really grateful that this has been a great opportunity for most people, even though it's come at great sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this pandemic has really helped to change the world for the better in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. I think that there we have been 2020 is the longest week I have ever lived. <laughs> it's the longest one night stand ever. Ever. <laughs> I, oh, I mean, it just keeps coming. Yeah. I mean, I rolled into 2020, you know, in a, in a different fashion because I was recovering from surgery and stuff. But to roll from that to right into a pandemic, you know, to go right into Black Lives Matter, you know, to every the economy is shut down. And uh, uh, so many people, so many of my friends and everybody um, lost their jobs. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I ever even today there was another huge layoff in, mm-hmm. as I'm in music uh, in the industry, and it just it was hard to see. And I wish, I wish there was a better system in place for everybody. There's so many people that are out of work and out of uh, you know, and 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 the money with the unemployment and all that kind of stuff. So I wish we could get. I wish we could figure out a better system. We can start by getting better leaders. Better leaders. That's <laughs> kind of where I was heading, is that it's really important. You know, um, I think that it's going to be very, this, this, this election is going to be so super important. It is. And, if, and, if, I can, and if I can implore anybody to vote, you know, and get out there and mm-hmm. vote. Register uh, if you haven't. Huh? Please register. Yeah, I think that that is one of the most important things is that is to get leaders leaders in place that can help mm-hmm. uh, help us uh, recover financially to mm-hmm. help put a better system in place. That yes, um, for a minute, you know, we had there was money coming in for, but it ended, and three months was not enough time right. for the extra six hundred bucks and for people to get back on their feet after losing all their income. Mm-hmm. That goes by very fast, and now some people are making. I've seen people making ninety one dollars a week. Yeah. And they can't find jobs anywhere. And I, so I would say that that's one of my my things is, is 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 if I could change the world, it'd be to have the best leaders possible out there, helping us as well. You know. And that one that comes down to though is that all of us are responsible for that, right? Like we can't just blame the leaders. It's like we are no. the ones put putting them there. So we have to be accountable and like educate ourselves, mm-hmm. get people to vote. You know, get people to stand up and to show stand, up yeah, really exactly, yeah. yeah despite you know all the distractions that have been thrown exactly. our way stay focused people yeah yeah and you mentioned that you know this pandemic brought a lot of awareness and, and connection and appreciation 
I also think that it brought a lot of divide, but in a way, I'm kind of grateful because it showed us who people's true colors were. That's so true. Oh, you know? yeah, absolutely. I could go on and on about yeah, that. Yeah, and, and I think I was very heartbroken at first, but then as I got time to process and heal, I realized that I appreciated, at least now I know, right? Like mm-hmm. who... It's a blessing in disguise. Exactly, to, yeah. To know sooner rather than later. Exactly, because now yeah. that you know the problem, you can actually solve the problem. Right. So, it's kind of like when someone dumps you right before quarantine <laughs> yeah. because they don't want to quarantine with you. <laughs> Not that that's ever happened to me, but I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually really? had a few friends that that's really? happened to. Yeah. Blessing in disguise, I'd say. Wow. You know what? Yeah. Lose my number. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Luckily, you you can do you could do a quick break. Or hopefully, the relationship was ending before quarantine anyway. Because if you're stuck with them during the whole time because they can't go anywhere or move anywhere, that's gonna be. A- yeah. Not well, not pre- and there's been a lot. Obviously, what you've seen, there's either yeah, there's been a lot of stuff going. I, I, well, we won't. Go <laughs> <on that. laughs> I don't know. Nick, thank you thank so you much for so being on the show. Thank I you. Love all me. your de- you. designs. Use the code. Say the code one more in time. In this together. In, in this, this together. Because we are. Because we are in this together. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for thank joining. Thank us. you for joining us, and tune in next week. And Yay. follow me on Yay. Instagram. Yes, Nick follow- Casey Footwear. Nick Casey Footwear. Okay. And Rock and Cushions. Oh, and Equality Fashion Week. And Equality Fashion Week. <laughs> and Manic Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's me with two E's. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Nick Casey. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave a good review and follow us on all of our social medias at Rockin' Cushions. And you can always go to our website, rockincushions.com, to find affordable slipcovers for all of your IKEA furniture. And on the next episode, Michelle sits down with Nadine Kijner, an intuitive tarot card reader.